Good morning, everybody, here in the building and to you at home. It's great to be worshipping in the house of the Lord this morning. So let's come before him now in prayer. Loving Father, today we thank you for your word, your written word and your living word, Jesus. They both speak to all people a word of mercy, a word that seeks to welcome, to lift up, to heal, to restore, to give hope and ultimately to give life. During this season of Advent, we remember the wonderful truth that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. We thank you, Jesus, that you took upon yourself a human body so that we might never justify despising, neglecting or misusing our body since you have made it your dwelling place. We thank you, Jesus, that you knew what it was to do a day's work and to earn a living. You knew the frustration and irritation of serving the public and you well knew the problems of living together in a family to face all the wearying routine of everyday work. And yet you touched each common task with your holiness and love. Help us to be mindful of whom we serve as we do our work and live with our families. We thank you, Jesus, that you shared in many social occasions that you were at home, at weddings, at festivals and funerals, and at dinners in the homes of simple and ordinary people like ourselves. Help us to remember that you are the risen, unseen guest in every home and at every occasion of ours. We thank you, Jesus, that you knew what friendship means, that you had your own circle of those you wanted to be with you. Thank you that you knew also what it means to be let down, to suffer disloyalty and the failure of love. We thank you, Jesus, that you too had to bear unfair criticism, prejudiced opposition and deliberate mistreatment. Yet you ask the Father to forgive those who had hurt you. Remind us, we pray, of our need to forgive those who have hurt us and to ask the forgiveness of those we have hurt in thought, word and deed. We also thank you, Jesus, that no matter what happens to us, we know that you have been there before us. And because of that, you are able to help all who are going through those things now, no matter how difficult. Dear Father, help us never forget that Jesus knows life because he lived life and that he is with us always to enable us to live life victoriously, not in our strength, but in his Help us never to forget that from the moment the word became flesh, the life of Jesus led to the cross. Jesus was not a victim. He wasn't a martyr. It wasn't his misfortune to die. It was his choice, a choice he made for each one of us so that our sins would be forgiven and we will enjoy eternal life as part of your family with him and with you, our Heavenly Father forever. And so we pray this prayer today and give you our heartfelt thanks in his beautiful and precious name. Amen. Thank you so much, Carol, for those beautiful prayers. Good morning, everybody. How are we all? That's good. Good to hear you. Uh, my name is Sam Barnes. I'm the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Centre. I just want to uh, add my welcome to that of Sorens, uh, to anyone here who's new, uh, anyone who is watching online perhaps for the first time and you're tuning into our church service. Just trust that uh, you sense uh, God's presence and that you'd know that he loves you and that he's going to speak to you uh, today, particularly as we, we look into his word. Uh, the We are in the season of Advent, the four weeks leading up to uh, Christmas. Uh, it's a traditional part of our, our Christian calendar and Advent came about, uh, Advent simply means coming, uh, which we look at two parts of coming. Jesus coming to us as a, as a baby uh, in a stable 2000 and a few years ago 
Uh, but we also look to forward to the coming again of Christ as he comes to uh, bring about his kingdom. And so Advent, traditionally, we look at words of hope and life and peace and joy. Uh, but these four weeks, I thought we'd look at the names of Jesus. It's interesting that Nadine said, call out the names of Jesus. Uh, we're looking at the names of Jesus as depicted in the Christmas story. Uh, in the Gospels of Matthew, uh, not Mark, because he didn't talk about the Christmas story, in Matthew, Luke and John, uh, we, we see uh, Jesus described in many ways. And I want us to, to use the phrase, come and see. Not just seeing with our eyes, but comprehending. Come again and it, with our minds and our hearts, comprehend how amazing this Jesus is. What it meant for him to come, uh, as Carol said, as the, the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. What, what an amazing thing that is. So let's not just let this Christmas pass us by, just like other Christmases pass us by and we go through the motions and we just do all the traditions and we forget and we comprehend. We come and we see this amazing King of Kings. And today we look at the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world at Christmas. And it's a big, big theme as part of the Christmas story. Uh, we see uh, the wise men being led to Jesus by a bright star and the star stayed over the stable uh, as Jesus was, was there. And um, as the angels declared to the shepherds about this, this baby being born, the glory of the Lord shone around. So we have this theme of, of lights, of brightness, and it's reflected in our traditions. Uh, many of us love putting up fairy lights on the tree and things like that. And that's part of where this theme of Jesus being the light of the world came from. In fact, I was looking at it this week and uh, the fairy lights first started by people actually putting hanging candles in their trees. And I was going to say, what a silly idea that would be <laughs> to put candles in a tree. Um, and then I was uh, at Hans Vortman's house uh, this week. We had a pastor's get-together, and he talked about his father, uh, who was Dutch. Uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, they, they did that, and they came to Australia, and he, he kept the tradition up. And, of course, lo and behold, the inevitable happened, and the tree caught a light because we're in Australia now, and it's all dry, and, and the climate's not great. And they took this on-the-fire tree out, and they threw it into the paddock next door, and, of course, the paddock was just dry grass, so the paddock went alight. A few hours later with a few neighbours and, and, and <laughs> hoses, they finally put this thing out. But that's where uh, the, the tradition of Christmas fairy lights comes from. Now, I think one of the, particularly as kids, one of the bad things about daylight savings is as young kids, they don't get to go and see the, the bright lights of, of Christmas on people's houses. And I think that's one of the, the wonderful things that we do at Christmas, um, whether you've been to the Lobethal lights uh, or whatever, but we see around us people love to decorate their houses with lights because light is the theme that we're talking about as Jesus being the light of the world. And I've got a few examples here. Check, check out this person that's gone to a great effort to make their, their house super bright. And again, just you just wonder, don't you, how much it costs to run <laughs> the electricity of the, the lights for these amazing things. And in, in my... Uh, Googling and looking for some amazing lights. I actually came across one that I couldn't, couldn't hold back. I had to share it with you. And it's actually a video. So I'm going to ask the guys to put this, this video up. YouTube. Uh, the guy who did this, he says, uh, this has nothing to do with the traditions of Christmas, but what do any of our traditions have to do with Christmas? But what is actually wrong there, because the Christmas lights actually have to do with this whole idea that Jesus is the light of the world, and it's reflected in our theme. In fact, if you look in Scripture, you'll find that it is full of descriptions of God being light or Christ being the light in the world, so much so that I had to be extremely disciplined this morning and not just give us a total Scripture fest of how much it describes Jesus as being the light of the world. But I want to look at particularly uh, as our, our core reading for this morning, uh, John, they, they talk a lot about the story of Jesus in terms of what actually happened. 
the stable, the, the, the animals, the angels, the wise men. But John, John doesn't mention any of those things. John has a different picture of the story of Christmas. And John depicts Jesus coming as light and life. So we want to look at that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, this is Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And we talked about that in previous weeks, that Jesus is supreme, and he's the beginning, the middle, and the end, and all things are made for him. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, but he came only as a witness to the light. Now the true light, this is Jesus, the light of the world, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Great passage of scripture, great um, understanding that John had about the nature of Christ and his uh, dwelling with God from, from, from eternity and him coming as, as a man uh, into our world, not, not just uh, as, as the other names that we're going to be looking at over this thing, but as the light of the world. I want to unpack what does it mean for Jesus to be the light of the world. Well, in this, um, you might look at this passage of Scripture and go, this reminds me of another time that light was spoken about, another passage of Scripture where it says, in the beginning was the Word. Uh, we look at that and we, we straight away our mind's eye goes to Genesis that says, in the beginning, there it is again, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And God said... Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated light from darkness. Before uh, God creates and creates life, there is just darkness, there is a void, uh, there is an emptiness. And it's in, in creation, God brings about life uh, through the first act of creation, which was light. And that reflects John's passage this morning. In fact, in another letter, John uh, says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So not only does God separate uh, darkness from light, but he is the pure light and he is the good light that it said in Genesis. And as we, we look at uh, the coming, the advent, the, the people were longing for the Messiah, for the Saviour to come, and it was prophesied, and we, we look at many prophecies in uh, the Old Testament about the coming of Christ at Christmas, and one of the, the most famous ones is from Isaiah chapter 9. The people uh, were walking in darkness, stumbling around, not knowing our way, not knowing uh, right from wrong, but we have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep, deep darkness, a light has dawned. The light of the world, Jesus, has dawned upon the earth and given those who are stumbling around, uh, looking in the dark, they've been given a light to guide them. And so when we look at uh, the, these passages, we, we see a theme happening that, that, that God is light, that the light is good, and that the light has come into our darkness and to spread his light and love and life amongst us. And so that's what I want to unpack this morning. What does it mean for Jesus to be the light of the world? Well, first of all, and we just sort of talked about it a little bit, the light is light that gives life. Now, as a, as a home gardener, I know this as, as a truth to be true. Uh, it's very difficult to uh, grow vegetables when there is no light. Uh, when my kids leave their toys out on my beautiful green lawn for a few weeks and then I pick it up and I realise how long it's been there for, uh, the grass underneath has died because it hasn't had light to give it life. 
So here we see sunlight uh, giving warmth and giving the ability to grow. And similarly, uh, Jesus as the light comes into the world as a source of life to grow us and to give us life in all its fullness. Light and life uh, come together. We hear that in many of the carols, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wounds. We sang that last week. The two go together, light and life. It's interesting that Jesus, when he rose from the dead to bring us ultimate life, to defeat uh, uh, the power of sin and, and, and evil, happened at first light, happened at the dawn of the morning. And in fact, we can't really do much in life without light. It's no wonder that we sleep at night time when it's dark because we can't sort of exist and, and do much without the source of light in our life. In John chapter 8, Jesus spoke again to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And he also says, this is John again from our passage this morning, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Now, many of us have life, but we were reminded in John 10.10 10, that Jesus said, I've come, they might have not just life, but life in all of its fullness, life under the ultimate glow of the light of the world, uh, where there is ultimate heat and source and life to, to grow. It's not just, just a dim light. It is the ultimate light that gives true life. Many of us exist and have existence, but many of us aren't living the full life that Jesus has for us. In creation, we we're talking about that there was darkness, there was, there was a void and the light filled that darkness. Sometimes when we go around in our life, we feel like there's, there's a void. There's, there's an emptiness. There's, in, in some ways, a darkness hanging over us. And we need the light of Christ to actually come and, and fill that emptiness, to fill that void, and to give us light and life in all of its fullness. So I want to ask you this morning, in this Christmas season, do you feel empty? Do you feel like there is an emptiness, a void in your life? Do you feel like there's pain and, and darkness and things that are pushing in on you, squeezing out the life that you've been given? Is that something you experience? Or maybe this morning you wouldn't come and see, come and comprehend that Jesus is the light of the world that gives you life. So Jesus is the light that gives life. Second thing is that this light illuminates. Now, this is an obvious thing, light illuminates. This is something that we live with every day. If we go into a dark room, we like to turn on the light so that we can see uh, what is around us so we don't bang our toe and stub our toe and hurt ourselves. So this is something we understand quite well and, and every day, but it's more than just illuminating and, and giving light so that we can see, and this fits in with our theme for this Advent series. It's about clarity. It's about understanding. It's not just, just seeing around us, but seeing why, seeing revelation, seeing truth about what is, is reality. And so... Uh, we, we might have some famous sayings that we like to say to each other, such as, uh, let me help you shed some light on this situation. What we're saying is, we, let me give you some information that will help you comprehend and build up a, a better understanding of what's going on here. Or, man, that guy's in the dark over that one. He's in the dark because he doesn't truly understand the truth of all that is happening. So it's more than seeing, it's perceiving in uh, 2 Corinthians, it says, For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. He gave us his light of knowledge. 
and in Luke, um, when Jesus was presented as a young boy, there was this, this man in, in the temple, Simeon, uh, who, was, who, who believed that he would see the Messiah coming before he, he passed away. And as Jesus is presented to Simeon, this is his, his response to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in sight for all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people Israel. So how does Jesus illuminate? How does he give us clarity? I want to quickly talk about three things. First of all, it illuminates itself. Uh, when we have a dark room and we, we light a candle, we are drawn to that light because there is a contrast between light and darkness. And as Jesus comes into the world, he comes to illuminate himself, to reveal himself, to give truth about who he is and what he came to do. And uh, we, we see this uh, throughout Scripture. So Jesus just didn't grab a torch from heaven and shine it down. This is my emergency torch from my car. It's not very bright. <laughs> and to say, hey, look up here. I'm, uh, this, is me, this is me, who I am. Uh, come look up here and try and work me out. The light of the world actually came into the darkness. It came into our existence. He stepped down into darkness to reveal himself so that we might see him and know him. And last week we talked about the difference between knowing about God and knowing God. And it's the same here, that the light reveals itself so we don't just know about Jesus, but we can know Jesus. Now, we missed a trick last week, we missed an opportunity in that someone was praying on the way up to church and they, they were praying that someone, uh, they know about Jesus, but they don't really know him intimately. And that when I was preaching uh, last week, they really felt like that, that was a word for someone here. Uh, so if you're perhaps watching online or if, if you're here watching this morning and, and you have this sense of you know about things, but you don't really know the light, you don't really know Jesus intimately, Maybe that word is for you and you have an opportunity to be prayed for. And perhaps this morning might be an opportunity for you to come into right relationship with Jesus as the light of the world, as we want to give opportunity for that after this um, sermon. So first of all, the light illuminates itself. Secondly, it illuminates our condition. As we contrast light and darkness, there is a contrast. As we look at the life of Jesus, who was perfect, in every way, sinless and, and wonderful and beautiful and powerful, we were just sang about, we look at our lives in comparison to that and we go, oh, I can't live up to that. I can't live up to what I'm called to be. And so the light reveals and gives clarity to the fact that I'm in need of a saviour. I am in need of saving because of the darkness that is in me and the need for light. So it illuminates itself, it illuminates uh, our condition, our need, but it also illuminates our path. Well, it's a famous uh, point of scripture, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Not only does, does Jesus reveal himself and reveal about our condition and our need for him. But as we come into right relationship, he has a purpose for us and a path to walk down, and he lights that path for us. Now, I wasn't going to tell this story, but I've noticed that my friend Dan Jones is up the back from uh, my band, uh, from the band days. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Um, uh, and uh, one of my favourite stories uh, to t talk about, particularly to young people as a, as a youth, was coming from my band days. Um, and we, uh, in the early days, used to have to drive ourselves on our tour in our own uh, rattle trap cars. And we, we played a, a show in Sydney, a festival in Sydney, and we were in Andre the bass player's car, and we are coming back over the Hay Plains. Now, if you know anything about the Hay Plains, you can't play I Spy on the Hay Plains because there's nothing to see. It's just a long, straight, boring road. And it was the middle of the night. It was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Andre was an apprentice electrician. He had to get back the next day to start work. Uh, so we were sort of under the pump to get back. 
Uh, and then in the middle of the night, we're driving along this highway and the car breaks down. And we're thinking, what's going on here? Uh, Andre's a bit of an uh, electric, electrical mechanic, so he sort of works a few things out and starts the car up again. We, 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 we drive off and it breaks down again. And we're wondering what on earth is going on. And he finally works out that there's an electrical fault that means that when you turn the headlamps on, the engine cuts out. And so I, I scrummage around in the, in the glove box and I find a torch in the glove box and, and I shine the torch on the white dotted lines in the middle of the road and we were able to drive home because it was pitch black but we, we had a light to guide our path. Lots of people are shaking their heads. Hey, we were, we were young, you know, this is what you did, right? Um, <laughs> one of the funny moments was because there's no lights on and there's no dash lights working. So we're sort of driving along and just, just keep the light on the dotted line and if we're in the middle of the road, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be safe. And I'm like, I wonder how fast we're going. Like, I don't know. How, you know. There's no dash light. So I get the torch and I shine it on the, on the speedo. I'm like, no, put it back on the road. Put it back on the road. can't see where I'm going. Jesus is a light to our path. He is the light that illuminates where we are to go, and he leads us in all righteousness. The Bible says, "If as you are children of the light, walk in the light, and walk in the, the ways that he has for us. So I want to say to you this morning, this Christmas season, what are you in the dark about? What are you needing clarity on? Jesus is the light that brings understanding to whatever darkness you need clarity in. So the light gives life, the light illuminates, and the light exposes what is hidden. Now this is an interesting one. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, He, Jesus, will bring light to what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. Uh, in a similar way, uh, Daniel, in Daniel 2, talks about the Lord. He said, he, he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Now, if we are honest, we all have secrets. We all have things that we like to hide away. We like to keep in the dark because in the dark they can be hidden. They can't be uh, seen by other people. In fact, we have masks on today in our, in our world, but we often live with masks on by continuing to live in a way that we try and keep these secrets hidden. In fact, we have a, a phrase for it. We don't just have secrets. We have what sort of secrets? Secrets? Dark secrets, don't we? Each and every one of us has a secret, has a a lust, has a, a criticism, has a, a selfish desire, has a, a want, has, has something in us that we, we don't like and so we hide it away. We want to keep it in the dark. Just think about all crimes are mostly committed in the dark so that people can't see it happening. If we were to have a, a volunteer for me to put up on the, on the screen behind me all the good things that you've done. I'm sure we'd have lots of people who would, who would like that. Yeah, let me put my hand up to that. All, all the wonderful things that I've done this week, and, and let's, let's praise that. But if I was to ask for a volunteer to put up on the screen behind me all the, the evil thoughts you've had, or all the, the terrible things that you've, you've wanted to do, I don't think anyone would really want to volunteer to have that list up for everyone to see. The thing is that as we walk in the light, Jesus purposely wants to expose those things, not to ridicule us, not to make fun of us, but in order to heal us, to set us free from those things, in order for those things to no longer eat away at our insides and for the, to have a detrimental effect. In fact, I think about, as I think about this, I think about uh, the, the woman who was caught in adultery. Like in the midst of it, she was exposed, quite literally. She was dragged in front of 
the crowd, who's probably still naked, literally exposed, ready to be stoned, because that's what the law said. And they bring her to Jesus, and Jesus writes in the sand, and, and he says, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. And slowly but surely the crowd go away, because they realise that they too have dark secrets. They too have things that are hidden away, but it's just that this one was exposed. And Jesus says to this woman, who condemns you? Where are your condemners? And she says, they're not here. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Go away and sin no more. And as I think about my list, if I was to put a a list up on the screen, it probably wouldn't be big enough to think about some of the dark things that I have hidden in my life. But here's the beauty about the light of the world is that even though I've got all those things, he still loves me. And even though those are there, he came in the world, into the world for that purpose, in order to set me free, in order to give me life, in order to heal that brokenness, in order to, to make those dark things right and full of life. And that's what grace is. Jesus didn't say, I'm the light of the world. I've come to only those who have got themselves together, to those who have no dark secrets. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. So this Christmas season, as you come and reflect on the Christmas story, what dark secrets are there in your life that perhaps you could ask Jesus to shed his light on to bring healing and wholeness that those things no longer eat away at you year after year after year so Jesus is the light that exposes what is hidden and finally the wonderful thing is that Jesus is a light that can't be extinguished Uh, That's from our our passage from John. In him was life, and that light was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Some translations say extinguish it. Uh, If we have a birthday party and you have a cake and candles and you're trying to do it outside, you're often fighting with the wind that are coming to try and extinguish the candles. And what John is saying here is that there's, there's a wind that, that comes and tries to put out the light of Christ in the world. And no matter how hard it tries, no matter whether that be something in you or outside of you, nothing can put out the light of Christ, for he has overcome it. And he will remain bright forever. What a, what a wonderful thing. And this is John's own experience. Uh, Many of you might not know this, but John was one of the the last Gospels written. In fact, it was probably one of the the last of the the New Testament writings written right right at the end of his life. John is an old man, and he has seen a lot. He has seen uh, his friends, uh, the apostles, come and go. He's seen martyrdom. He's seen the the, the, the temple being destroyed, has seen Emperor Nero come and have persecution on, on the church. And from what started out as, as a positive thing, he's sort of seeing all this destruction and all this pain and all this, this, this hurt and all this what is going on in life. And yet in the midst of that experience, John is able to say, Even though there's all this stuff, Jesus still remains and he always will remain. And nothing, whether in this age or the age to come, can ever put out the light of Christ. Nothing can ever put it out. Last week we talked about uh, Jesus being the king of kings and his kingdom will have no end and how it's, it's important to be on the right team. If you're going to be part of a kingdom, be on the kingdom that's not going to ever end. If you want a light in your life that's going to change a life, have the light that's never going to be extinguished, the light that's never 
going to go out, no matter what you go through, no matter whether you come to and from Jesus, no matter what circumstances bring you down in life, no matter whatever darkness comes to try and extinguish you, Jesus is the one that can be trusted, that we can put our hope in, that we'll never, ever go out. I want to tell you something. (laughs) We really notice the light when it's gone, don't we? If we ever have a blackout, it's like we're struggling to look for a candle or something because we, we need the light to see. We really notice the light when it's gone. Well, we really need Jesus in our lives. We really need Jesus. And he has promised to be the light that never goes out that we don't have to stumble in our darkness. That's why it says in John chapter 12, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Nobody likes the dark. Many of us have a fear of the dark because we don't, can't see what's there. There, there might be something there that's going to get us. No one wants to stay in darkness. We all want the light of life in our lives. Jesus says, I have come into the world as that light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I want to say to anyone here, if you sense something dark in your life, something that you're fearful of, something that you're ashamed of, an experience that's a darkness that's pushing against you, trying to, trying to bring you down, would you come and see this morning? Come and see at this Christmas time again that Jesus is the light of the world that has come to, to make you never, ever walk in darkness, no matter what situation, no matter what power is in you or against you. There is no power that is greater than Jesus being the light that can't be extinguished. So Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus isn't a light. Jesus isn't an option of a choice of lights. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And if you are in the world, then you are in need of the light. We can't run to other lights, other options, or the light within ourselves, a light that we once had, that we tried to maintain and make happen. We all need the light of the world to come into our lives so that we don't walk in darkness but have the light of life. I'm going to invite the musicians up. We're going to sing a song. It's a well-known song. And as we start singing it, you might understand why we're, <laughs> we're singing it. It fits in with the theme. The second line says, Open my eyes, let me see. I want to just pray this morning that as, as our theme of coming and seeing, that your eyes would be open this morning again, perhaps coming back after a long time, perhaps it's for the first time, perhaps it's just a number of openings of eyes that you've had in your life, of how wonderful Jesus is, how in awe of him you are, that 2,000 years ago he stepped down from heaven as a light into our world of darkness and he steps down into your life of darkness so you don't have to stumble you don't have to strive you don't have to find your own light he is your light and he comes to light your way he comes to reveal himself comes to give you life. He comes to say, hey, what about that thing, mate? Let me, let me deal with that. Bring it into the light so that I can heal it, so that I can fix it. You can't do it yourself.
and let me walk with you all the days of your life in my light that will never go out. That's the hope that we have for Christmas, that the light came and the light remains forever and ever and ever. Will you stand? Lord, I just want to pray for each and every one of us here this morning. We've all come from different circumstances. There's been different situations that have happened in our lives that have brought us here to this day. But Lord, this is not an accident. You have ordained this day and you've ordained this moment. And Lord, as we come and as we see, would we see you again as who you really are? That you are the light that has come into our broken world to give us hope, to give us joy, to give us peace, to give us love. And so, Lord, for anyone here who is feeling the weight of darkness, who is feeling the heaviness of that darkness in their life, whether that be inside them or outside them, we just pray that your light would shine on them right now, that they would have a new revelation of life in you, and that they would come to the light, Jesus, you, the light of the world, that they would find their hope again in you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, as we sing this song, can I ask you to just open up your hearts to him this morning? There might be just one of those thoughts from this morning that just really touched you. Would you explore that as you sing, as you allow the music to to come over you? That you might even open up your heart. You might even want to come down the front and kneel before the Lord and worship Him this morning for the light that He has given you this morning, the light of revelation. And after this song, I actually want to give us an opportunity for if there's anyone who has anything to share, you might have a testimony of what it meant to walk in the light. You might have a testimony of what it meant to be healed of something when the light exposed something in your life. You might have a, a testimony of, of walking in darkness and then finding Christ and now having the light, that, the life of all of its fullness. So let's sing. And if you have on your heart a word for someone here, or if you have a testimony about what I've shared this morning, I want to encourage you to come and, and share that that we might uh, encourage and build up one another this morning. Blessing. encourage um, people, quite a few people this morning that you hear what Sam's saying but somehow it's just like it could be for everyone but not really for you but there's a word, a name for God that is called El Roi. I don't know if you've ever heard that word, it's a Hebrew word and what it says the God who sees me, the God who sees me. There's a God that sees you. There's a God that is is your God. He loves you. And that's part of the word from last week is is, um, what Sam was saying, that you don't really know God, but there are people who, it's, it's also about love, not really understanding that God loves you. So if you think of that name, El Roi, God sees me.
want to share this this morning, but I must. Everything that Sam has said is what God has been speaking to me and wanted me to share this morning. Thank you, Sam. Before Jesus began his ministry, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he said that because he was tempted by the devil, by Satan, and he knew what the power of sin was. And just before he died, he taught his disciples that he must must go, and they didn't want him to go. He said, I must go, and the Father and I we will send the Holy Spirit and a reminder of all we have taught you, and he will lead you into all truth. And what does this mean this morning? God is saying that this morning there's someone here who is struggling with the depths of sin and there's, it's, it might even be something that they cannot share with anyone. And God is saying, Jesus came to save sinners, not the righteous. God is saying, those that the Son sets free are truly free indeed. And what God is saying now to those people who are struggling, speak with me, talk with me, I am here with you. Speak with me, says the Lord. of things um, I was thinking about as Sam was talking. One was that reminder of the Easter story and that it wasn't, um, it's not us that needs to roll the stone away. The stone can feel incredibly heavy that's holding us in with that darkness and in that dark place. But um, the stone was rolled away, passive tense. <laughs> and so when we, when we come to Jesus, it's him that does the heavy lifting. We need to fear all of those things. And the other thought was... Um, that feeling of exposure, even that word, can feel quite confronting. But if you're in that dark room, the relief that you feel when the light gets switched on and you see things as they truly are, and when we're in the dark, we cannot see the proper perspective of things and we cannot see things as they truly are. We actually need the Lord's light to enable us to see the truth of whatever situation we're in, as Sam was saying, but that that actually brings relief, that there's actually more fear in staying in the dark than there is in having that light switched on and that relief of, ah, now I can handle those things or now I can see things in their right place. So I just really encourage you that we don't have anything to fear, as Sam was saying again last night, that that his perfect love, Jesus' perfect love, casts out all fear, says, be gone, I cast you away. You don't have a place here. So the fears that we wrestle with are part of being human. And Jesus in His beautiful grace comes and loves us exactly where we're at. shared. Um, I have a probably more funny story. My um, <laughs> Up until about a year ago, uh, I never realised why um, I couldn't actually see in the, in, in the dark at all. I always had, it was uh, this weird thing where uh, my wife was always complaining. I'd get up to go to the loo in the middle of the night and tap on everything and pat my way around the room and switch on a light and beam her in the face. Oh, what's going on? You know, and it was always this... I couldn't see without a light. I just physically couldn't see without a light. And um, 
eventually she convinced me to get my eyes tested and then I needed glasses and that's pretty much the, uh, the end of the story. But for me, the, <laughs> the reality was that uh, I physically couldn't see without the light and you might be in that situation as well and where you're struggling to see a way forward without a light, uh, where you're struggling to, uh, to figure out uh, what's needed. Uh, there might be something that's keeping uh, you in darkness as well. So I encourage you to switch on the light, even if it wakes your wife up. Um, So why don't you join me and we'll close in prayer. Uh, God, we thank you that you bring light and fullness to our lives. We thank you that you attune us uh, to a knowledge of you, a knowledge of our need, and you light our path. We acknowledge that the things we keep hidden or secret eat away at us, and that you invite us to be redeemed and that your light can never be extinguished or overcome. We know that your light will always bring fullness, knowledge and redemption in our lives. Amen. Uh, If you would like prayer, uh, we do have a prayer room. If you'd like to stay and hang around, uh, speak with somebody pray with somebody uh, there's a prayer room just at the back of the uh, the hall there and uh, prayer team are eager to chat with you and uh, and spend time with you in prayer uh, and for those of you that are online there will be a phone number coming up on the screen uh, so you can actually also call in and and, uh, and get and you know speak to someone have a time of prayer with someone uh, please stay for tea and coffee uh, I will switch on the light. I promise you there is still coffee happening, all right? Uh, There is the raffle tickets as well. Don't forget those if you do want to get in on that uh, before I buy them all up for, for next week. But anyway, thank you, everyone. Go into your weeks in peace. Amen. Thank you, bye.